Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. You guys, what is this, week five of lockdown? I know, well, no, it's like seven because we- I think in last week's episode, you said it was week 11. (laughs) Well, no one's listening to these in order except for everyone. Uh, We just celebrated, celebrated is a morbid word for 50 episodes of Don't Panic Pantry. So that's one episode a day, every day for seven. So what is it? So it's 50 50 days. It's over that, yeah. It's 50 divided by seven. Because it's coming out next week, so. Seven times- Eight is 56. So it's just shy of. Uh, by the time eight it'll weeks. be at 56 by the time this comes out. Are you impressed that I knew? You didn't think I would know seven times eight, but I did. I did. Uh, Some of those are harder. The seven times tables are difficult because it's an are. odd number. Do you know the trick for nines? Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like where, you write down. No, where, okay. Okay. You've got your hands and you this say, This is nine great times for a podcast. Eight. Yeah. Nine times eight and you put down your eighth finger, right? Okay. So what's on the left hand side? Who's left? Or no, sorry, nine times nine. You're left looking at your hand. Nine times nine, 81. Eight fingers on the left, one on the right. This is a terrible trick. No, it's a great trick. What? Eight? Okay, what's nine times nine? It's 81. 81. Okay. Well, so that's you put debatable. Down the ninth finger. You see that's eight fingers and that's one finger, 81. So then what's the next one? Well, so if you do nine <laughs> times two, it's 18. One and eight. But you just put down the same finger. No, that. No, this is the. Side. You know what this is? This is like your math teacher that's like, I'm going to show you a shortcut. And I always was like, no, just show me the regular way because the shortcut to you, to me, might be the long way. Well, I know math after I got out of school, and you know there's what? now different types of math. There's that different I don't types understand. of. For sure. There's different types of math. And also, um, you're disqualifying people who aren't as dexterous. Like there are people without fingers and they're going to write, obviously not with their fingers, to the show because you discounted them. That was my thing also. Like I used to go to tutoring for math and go to the teacher and, you know, like the tutor that was helping you. And it always, I was like, how do they know what my teacher's teaching? Like you, when you go to like a, your friend's school for the day, you're always like, you guys are learning it differently. Yeah. Like everybody, I was not shocked, but I knew this. When you grow up in Texas, I think it's something like you take two years of Texas state history. And one of the cross New York times crossword puzzle words was like Texas state tree. 
And I was so ashamed. In the back of my head, I knew it was pecan, but I didn't know. And Noah was like, I don't know the California state tree. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't have like, uh, like clockwork orange, eyes pried open, intel of Texas like forced into you. I know all kinds of things. I remember being surprised that if you're a competitor in like Miss USA, Miss America, whatever, you're representing your state and you have to know all those things about your state. But it's not, when we're watching the pageant, they're not like, and the state tree is this and the state bird is this, but they do preliminary. I was gonna say it's preliminary. And then also the when you're representing the state in state, people mm-hmm. are gonna be like, what's your flower? You'd be like, it's blue bonnet. Yeah. But- then it's funny because if you go into like Wikipedia, there's always things like, and the state stone, the state rock is shale. <laughs> like, and it's cool. also you're like, I didn't know we had that there. Um, Why do we have that? Everybody knows. Everybody would think the state flower of Texas is a yellow rose, but it's not. It's a blue bonnet. Planted oh. by Lady Bird Johnson uh, a part, as a part of a beautification, highway beautification. That was nice of her. Courtney says, what's the best part of your job as a comedian? Okay, well, Courtney, it used to be I mean, aside from the thrill of doing the best job in the world. Right. And turning tiny kernels of ideas into not only money, but... So I love that. I love the thrill of performing. But that aside, because everybody loves performing, I love connecting with the fans. I I really love every single... I have designed my career through blood, sweat, and tears and laughter. Every moment of being a stand-up from coming up with the jokes. And then when you get a new joke, it's like you have a new baby and you're so excited and you show it off at all the shows around town. I love planning the perfect flight outfit. I love traveling with Hunter to the airport. I love knowing that at the end of the week, I get to go to a new state and try their food and their coffee shops. And I love having, I'm very proud to have like a working knowledge of my country. You know, not everyone gets to say they have firsthand knowledge of Columbus, Ohio and the short North, but I do. I love being like a genuine citizen of the country and of the world. I'm very proud to say my comedy has taken me to places like, um, oh my God, like I just blanked, to places like Singapore and to, you know, Tokyo and all these other countries that, you know, you didn't know you could do stand-up in. And like Kuala Lumpur and like Malaysia. Like, that's so cool. I'm so proud of that. And I love going for snacks with my tour manager and hunter right before and patronizing like local restaurants. We always go out of our way to find unique coffee shops. And in fact, I have a map that I started um, where that I'm going to publish in like a year of all these cool, unique coffee shops all over the country that we found that I'm going to share with people. Um, I love getting to the show. I love doing my makeup for the half hour pre-show and the music I listen to. I love the energy. I love the music we play before the show. I love seeing all their little faces when I poke my head out. I used to love Blanche running across the stage. Tianfu is not great at it yet. And I love getting the presents afterwards and the cards and reading the letters and meeting fans and just seeing, you know, once you create art, it's not yours anymore. Like your favorite song, chances are it means something to you that the original artist didn't intend for it initially. You know, they're like, this song's actually about masturbating. You're like, this isn't the song that I had my first kids to and it reminds me of summer camp. And so my, people take my jokes and they and they become something else. They, they, it takes on another form of energy and I love seeing that metamorphosis. I love it and I love coming home exhausted on a Sunday and just vomiting out my suitcase everywhere and then taking a nap and a shower and seeing my husband. I just loved all of it and it's gone now. It'll come back eventually. So cut to me just power chugging cold brew all day, every day. Just trying to grit it out. 
Okay, anonymous. Loved it all. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Oh yeah, Emily's great too. <laughs> but you're not stand up. Well, I, I, yeah. Okay. I got my first bachelor's degree in healthcare leadership without a clinic certification or anything of the like. I quickly found this degree is pointless without a clinical certification or degree. So because I am quickly spiraling into feeling like I have nothing to offer the world, my fiance and I are taking the pay decrease to send me to nursing school. I start in July and should finish in December, 2021. I'm excited, but also I feel a lot of guilt, shame, like I'm mooshing off of my fiance. So my question is, do you have any sort of mantra or for when slash if you've ever felt like this? Uh, I've never felt like that, but what you're talking about right now has less to do with the job and more to do with just gritting it out. It's always darkest before the dawn. Uh, This too shall pass. And now that we've moved past those aphorisms, uh, this is what it takes to build a career. It's not always one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back. And it's really sweet that your fiance is doing that for you. you. He joins thousands of women who have helped put their husbands through medical school and who have waited while their husbands do things. And it's really awesome. You should focus on the fact that you have such a supportive fiance. And you guys are investing time and money into building a life together. And I wouldn't look at it like, I got this one thing and now I've got to take this decrease in order to get this this increase. It's all steps forward. Even though I just said the two steps back thing. You're, you're doing this because it's necessary to make more money in the future. And of course you should live for today, um, but you're setting yourself up. Five years, you will thank yourself for having done it now. Mm-hmm. The worst would be if you waited and then you went into a little bit of debt and you're like, oh no, this isn't working. I wish I had done this. Get it done. It's all good. You're moving in the direction of your dreams, to quote Thoreau, lightly. Yeah, you're working towards something. You're not just like, whatever. Yeah. So that's the answer. You're okay. You're fine. You're doing it. Okay. Aaron McCullough. That's how we feel when you're on the road. You're like, this is like, you know, playing 12 sets at at the Laugh Hut, you know, on a weekend. You're like, this is working towards something. Even when it feels really dark. Even when you're alone just writing chapters of a book or I'm just on the road doing something or I'm, you're making endless episodes of Excused. You're like, this has got to do something one day. And it, it didn't, but it did get me a paycheck and that was it, something. Yeah. So you grit it out now and it'll all crystallize eventually. To quote my grandfather, the situation will crystallize. But you, you know what you're doing. You knew what you were doing when you put those scrubs on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. 
And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Aaron McCullough says, what's a fact you learned in college or high school that has no bearing on your life one way or another, but that you can't get out of your head? I learned that the myopic, creepy legacy of Edgar Allan Poe was actually likely a smear campaign by a rival writer. And while it doesn't affect my job or my life in literally any way, it's still an interesting thing to know. Why is it myopic? Myopic means like narrow-minded. I always thought he had like a cool legacy, like he like had like a Dr. Evil legacy. Like he married like a French prostitute who was like 14. Um, The uh, prologue to the Canterbury Tales. Oh, yeah. But I've used it in my life. I've wedged it in. I mean, I can't say that Chaucer has, I mean, here's the thing about an education. Whatever you learn finds a way to be relevant later. And if you didn't learn it, like I never read Catch-22. Like I know what it's about, but like, so I don't think about it, but I did read like, on the road and like the Reavers. Like we had like all these books you could pick, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for a summer reading. I remember I read The Walking Drum by Louis L'Amour. God, that was bad. Uh, what else did I read? Uh, Knights of the Round Table. Is that an actual book? No, like King Arthur, whatever. I'm trying to think of like a, a specific fact. That's a great question. Or anything that sticks with you from school. I have, a, a, I remember Mr. Cassie just saying Visigoths, which was a group of people. Mm-hmm. The Visigoths. Uh, now I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm still good at those Punnett squares. What are those? You know, where it's like the crossover if you have genetic and recessive traits. Oh, yeah. Well, those, well, that, yeah, those are super easy. Yeah, uh, but it's like it doesn't have any bearing, but I. Xylem up and flow them down. 
<laughs> for plants, but I that wasn't in school. My mom wrote that because I was trying to like write something for a science project. That's a great quote. What's another like random fact? I mean, we could do this all day. Of course, I know all the states in alphabetical order. I know the six presidents of the United States, the first ones, the first six, because I never, never memorized the rest of the song. Do you want to hear it? Okay. The father of our country, George Washington, was one. Two was John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Something, something. And also James Monroe, John Quincy Adams was number six, you know. So I'm just missing the third one. Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce. When James Buchanan left, things were getting pretty fierce. <laughs> it only went up to like George Bush. <laughs> Do you remember, have you, have you seen the film Drop Dead Gorgeous? No, but I know you have. Because there's a great part. Basically, she, Kirsten Dunst is in this beauty pageant. Oh, and everyone God, else is care. asked, like, what kind of tree do you like? And she's asked to spell and name every single state in alphabetical order. Like, it's clear that everything she's asked is harder. But she has that Minnesota accent. So she's like, Alabama. E-L-E-B-A-M-A. Got it. And I just think of that's how I know my states is in a Minnesota accent. I just have all these like remnants of Texas state history stuff like Battle of San Jacinto. But, and it's less about the fact and more about that I have it with like a Plano, Texas teacher wearing like Texas themed earrings. Oh. A turtleneck. At what point do we just stop caring about looking cool and we're like, it's going to be a turtleneck and Texas state flag earrings and a necklace of wooden beads that have Texas state flag and a little Alamo and a little blue bonnet and a Mitchy matchy bracelet and a denim skirt. I remember a lot of teachers had like full length denim skirts. I probably even had one. Anywho, that's what I remember. Okay. Hi, Eliza, baby arm and Tianfu. Did you grumble when I said my Chaucer thing? Yeah, you were like, I heard it. Hard to remember stuff. I don't remember grumbling. Oh, Sokotoa. Oh, yeah. I don't think this was her question anymore. You know what it stands for? Remember? Sine, cosine, Cosine. tangent. Mm -hmm. I still can't do it, but I don't have to. Because I made enough money following my dreams that someone else does my math for me. Someone else does my trigonometry for me. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Eliza, baby. I'm in Tianfu. This podcast and your Instagram have been my saving grace during the quarantine. My question to you is, what does love mean to you? Sorry, coming in hot. I don't fucking know. What kind of a, that's a real emotional bomb in the middle of everything. Well, love. Well, there's different kinds of love, little one. You don't love your mom the same way you love your boyfriend. Oh, wait, there's more context. Oh, okay. <laughs> Or maybe you do. My boyfriend and I have very different views on love. I think love is the basic foundation of a relationship, what you start and build onto. I fell in love with my BF rather quickly, maybe five months, because he was a real man, an adult, the first man I've ever been with. Context. It's the oxytocin. It's our first real adult relationship. I'm 23. He's 27. He thinks if he says it, that means we're engaged. He thinks if he says it, that means we have to get married, which I think is silly. That's just how he views it. Emotions and feelings are so hard for him to express. Long story short, I just wanted your idea and Emily's idea of what love means to you. Uh, love, love you guys and enjoy the positivity of the show. She said, love you guys. Now we got to get married. We do. Uh, can I just say something horrible? Yeah. Leave this man. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm know. sorry. It sounds like he's hiding something from you. And what you will find, because you're not going to marry this man, is that the next guy you date very readily will be like, yeah, I love you. And you'll be like, why didn't the other guy say it? It's because there's something weird going on. Back me up on this, Emily. That's insane that I can understand if like a uh, uh, a 10-year-old thought that, 
But for a grown, I know this is not the answer you wanted. You were like, I just, I love him so much. And he was your first. So not only is there the oxytocin well, bond. Well, it says but, first man and then a man in quotes. So I don't know if that means like the first adult relationship. Because I was just raping boys. <laughs> Look, I don't know. But I do think he sounds, that sounds really immature. Okay, there's a couple of things happening. It's really immature. So either he's immature. There's some serious emotional stunting going on here. Um, or he doesn't love you and he's trying to tiptoe around it. Emily, quick text and dominoes. Dominoes. Another thing I love about the end. <laughs> I no, I agree with you. I mean, Something's I'm always weird. Something's, something is rotten in Denmark. But uh, it says emotions and feelings are so hard for him to express, which if you're a lot of men are like that, but you love him. I also think it's a little uncomfortable to be in a relationship where you've said I love you and the other person hasn't. And that's fine. They may not be there yet. You were all in day one. Mm. Like five months in, you're like, I love you. A lot of people say I love you around then. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, Maybe he's like a tough military dude. Maybe something happened to him. I just think the fact that he equates I love you with we're going to get married, something is weird. And that will manifest itself in other weird ways in your relationship. You seem like a wide-eyed optimist. You love him and you want to be loved. You deserve to be loved. Something is off here. I wonder, I'm wondering if he is feeling it and refusing to say it or if he's just like, I don't have emotion until marriage. Like that's the the delineation I'm curious about. He will, we do this thing in relationships where, you know, you convince yourself, you're like, I'm just not that way. And then you date someone else. You're like, oh, turns out I am that way. I do love all these things. I am fun loving. I am outgoing. I just couldn't be that way with that person, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm just not very sexual. No, you just don't want to have sex with that person. So you should be a fully, and you're only 23. So you have so much learning and growing, but like, it's very sweet that you love him and you want that back and you deserve to hear that back. Yeah. There is the 1% chance that he's just emotionally constipated and you have to ask yourself, like, do you want to be with someone that's going to be like that forever? Mm -hmm. So, but you're 23 and uh, this probably isn't the guy for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, please don't not listen anymore. That wasn't personal. It was just, I'm looking out for you, tiny bird. Hey, Eliza. I'm 28, never had a relationship. I was always friends with guys, but had never been intimate. I want to be in a relationship with a guy, but if one ever shows interest, I always get nervous and back away. I feel more comfortable around women, but have no desire to be intimate. Am I too old to experiment or should I just grab the next guy that shows interest? I just don't know what I want since I haven't been with either sex. Have you had any friends or know anyone that is going through the same thing? Thanks. I'm just looking right at you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about your personal life. I don't know what I don't, and I don't ask because I'm your employer, but I feel like, <laughs> do you want to feel this? You're a mystery. I am a mystery. Wrapped in a body. Well, it's hard, I'm sure, to talk to anyone right now in quarantine. You're only with your siblings oh, or right. family or alone. Grab the hottest sibling. I feel like- <laughs> Go to town. <laughs> I feel like at this point- The person's asking, am I too old to experiment? No, no, No. that's insane. Do you mean experiment like make out with a girl? I think so because it sounds like they're saying, I want to be in a relationship with a guy, but I feel more comfortable around women, but don't want to be with them. So that that doesn't mean you're gay. I mean, some girls are just girls, girls. Like I know plenty of girls that mostly have girlfriends. Yeah. I'm sorry. You feel more comfortable around women, but you've always had guy friends. Wait, Mm. the plot thickens. 
So feel the more comfortable around women. <laughs> feel more comfortable around Never independent with guys. But it says if a guy shows interest, I get nervous and back away. Yeah, maybe you are gay. Mm. Maybe but, but you're maybe you're, asexual. You could be non-binary. You could That's be asexual. Well, I don't know. Asexual don't is assume- sexual. I know what asexual means. Okay. Look, look. First of all, you don't have to label it as every bleeding heart liberal listening to this will tell you. Um, maybe you should see a therapist because there's a couple things that I'm thinking. Did something happen to you that you maybe you're unaware of? Sometimes it takes years to process trauma. Let's say there was no trauma, okay? Um, maybe you got a weird education about sex. You're like, and then the guy pees in the girl, you know? <laughs> if all things are normal and not, uh, and nothing bad happened and there's no trauma, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking it slowly. The fact that you've always backed away, it, it's a little odd. I I wonder if no now, kisses? Is a, no kiss? now is a good time because you are stuck at mm. home to be on the apps with kind of the knowledge that you're not going to have to meet anyone immediately. Like that you can just talk to people and see how that conversation goes. Uh, is it possible that you're gay and maybe your family was always super anti-gay or I would leave it all open. It sounds like you're just, some people are just nervous. Some people are just virgins for a very long time, which is totally okay. Uh, I just would do some real soul searching and ask yourself, why are you nervous? If it's, oh, the guy's going to expect sex. No, you're not a 17 year old girl in the back of a car. Like you have control of your own body and you can just be up front with people and be like, I've never had sex. I've never done this. You know, I just get really nervous. And I'm sure there's other people out there that are cool with it. Mm-hmm. I think you got to do some real soul searching. But also, I think you also, also you, might, you might be gay. Should get, get on the apps and start talking to people and see how you feel about that. Like, are you, do you have fun conversing with them when it's a little lower stakes? Like, are you just not, you talk to them and you're not interested at all? Go on the, listen to me. Go on the internet. Go to like Pornhub. I'm not even joking. Watch some of that. Now, that's not hot, but like dudes went hot. <laughs> that is not helpful. Can I be honest? Like, just see what turns you on. When you watch Mad Men, are you like, oh my God, I would set my life on fire for Don Draper or <laughs> Betty Draper? Like, pay attention to what turns you on and then maybe move in that direction. Hopefully, it's not something weird. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> I would set my life on fire for Don Draper. Bad choice. Not John Ham. I don't I don't know him. I, know I Don saw Draper. him at the arc light once. Oh. So hot. So hot. Oh my God. Yeah, I just saw him. I was sitting at a table and he was walking upstairs. Oh my god. I can't. And I just looked up and I was like, <gasps> he's so I don't know. Uh because Don Draper is such a bad person, but he's so manly and hot. Here's the problem with John Hamm, who's gorgeous and funny, and I love him. He wants to be in comedy so bad. And that to me is not attractive in a man. I'll introduce him. <laughs> a couple of comedy lessons. Do you remember on 30 Rock when he yes. dated? When he was just like handsome. He's like, he's what? So, like, and he didn't know. <laughs> yes. He could just order off menu. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, we went and got this for you. And Liz would be like, can I have a coffee? And they're like, no, shut up. So funny. Ugh. All right. Kick it. Mel Hook. I got out of a relationship about a month ago. It was over a year long. He posted a video of him singing on his Instagram and tagged my friends in it so I would see it. The lyrics described our relationship and how he wants me to save him from himself. We don't follow each other on any social media or talk to each other at all. He was really manipulative. Wait, this is a year later he did this? A month. A month. A month. 
She broke up with him, and then a, a month, month later, ago, he was they, singing they in the shower. They were together for a year. A video mm-hmm. of him singing. Uh, he was really n- manipulative. This Why? was just wait, another one. Wait, <laughs> singing like, like unplugged? Like, yes. Or like- Like just, a video of himself. Like, la, or like la, la, a Snapchat, like blowing blunt smoke and just like rapping. On Instagram, tagged her friends. Uh, I don't want him to put my friends into this because it was between me and him. Should I text him and tell him to leave my friends alone or just ignore it? Comple- just ignore completely. it. Completely. I've never seen Emily jump on something quicker. Just ignore it. Don't get, he wants, he wants a response. Tell, Do not give him Tell one. your friends. I've done this with friends. I'd be like, please just block that person. Block, ignore. That's it. Do not acknowledge. Do not engage. Tell your friends, block him. If your friends won't, that's fucking weird. Do not get involved. Yeah. Make it very clear that the way to you is not through your friends. No, because that is very manipulative. Also, like nobody wants a video of them singing. Can you like, is he John Mayer? No, then I don't want to hear it. To just and it's just someone singing a song about you. Yeah, no, that's a nightmare. Like, is he? Does he have an amazing voice? Probably not. He's probably just like Becca. I miss you, Becca. Where are you, Becca? <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good song. Honestly, I'm writing it down as we speak. <laughs> My name is Donnie. I've been a big fan of your shows, podcasts, all of it. Johnny. My question for you, when you decided to first try stand-up, what was the push? Was it you pushing yourself or someone in your life telling you to go for it? No, I don't know where we're getting these idealized versions of like, and then they said I was funny. So I was like, I got an idea. For me, I always knew I was going to be funny for a living, even without knowing what being funny for a living was. It was always my goal in class was to make people laugh. That's how I made friends. I love comedy. I watched, you know, every sitcom I could find. And, you know, I just kind of cobbled together a comedy education. I watched a lot of sketch. I watched, you know, of course, we all watched Saturday Night Live. I didn't really watch a ton of stand-up growing up. I remember my dad took me to see Ellen when I was like 16. And everyone's like, everyone tells me that I was like, I'm going to do that. But for me, it was more about watching TV and just being funny and writing my own sketches. And so it wasn't so much the stand-up as like, by the way, had I gotten out of college and like gotten into a funny sketch troupe, I probably would have just gone in that direction. For me, it was like, I want to be funny. What will get me there? And I did stand up. I just knew that I could. I had done a couple open mics uh, during this college program. And I was like, I'm going to take these words and figure out a way to do stand up. And I just went. There is a huge power in, in someone and no one ever telling you, no, like you can't. I just did it. I carved it out. I found a comedy class. Uh, which was bullshit. And I remember at the end, they were like, you get a showcase. I was like, great, I'll just get that showcase. And then during the class, I met someone that gave me some stage time. So I just went in the direction that I wanted because no one was telling me no. You know, I had a job. I was finishing school and then I had a job and I just I just went in that direction. I just didn't, I didn't see why I wouldn't. I, I benefited from having very positive influences in my life, people thinking I was funny. You know, people become funny who were told they were never funny and people become funny who were always told they were funny. So I just did. Just didn't. I was raised to have a good self-esteem and I just went and I just did. That's it. Take it. Uh, Now I have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear something about me? No, not not really, but okay. Uh, I used to love Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List, which was her Her reality show. And- she had two assistants in it, one named Tiffany. And then Tiffany like connected with another girl named, I think Jessica or something on MySpace. And I would watch it and I'd be like, I'm just going to reach out to them on MySpace and then I'll be Kathy Griffin's assistant. Mm. 
And now look at me living my dreams. Yeah. I found you eating out of a discarded donut box. (laughs) And I brought you in and I gave you a bath. (laughs) And I nursed you. (laughs) Kick it. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, Amy says, hey, Eliza, I recently moved into my own one-bedroom apartment after living with roommates and family for the past 26 years. I'm struggling to make it feel like my own home. It doesn't help that I don't spend much time there. I've been quarantining with my boyfriend at his house. He has a dog. What do you think help makes a house a home? Any suggestions on how to make it feel more me? Candles. Thank you. Candles. Light them up. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't like clutter. And my family, like people have intervened and been like, you need a rug. (laughs) You need more than one chair. (laughs) You need more than one dish. I love minimalism. I love Scandinavian. There's a new word. I think it's like Japanese. What is it? Japanavian. The one that, oh. It's Japanese Scandinavian. There's that. There's that. Japascandy. No, there's that Scandinavian word that's like hug. No, you're thinking of hag. And that means like happiness. No, the word that I'm thinking of is standby. I have it right here. The word is, it's called Japandi. Uh, It's Japanese Scandinavian, which I think is cool. A friend showed it to me recently. I like Scandinavian minimalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, that makes it very cozy. That being said, 
everybody will tell you what makes a house a home is the love in it. Um, so that's that. I would start by populating your home with things that bring you Marie Kondo style joy when you look at them. It is kind of a pain in the ass to get things framed since everything's digital, but you know, maybe it's a picture of your family. I think candles do a great job. Fill your home with scents that make you happy to be home. I love fall fragrances, you know? Um, but it's so personal. I would go through magazines and or even Instagram, like type in home decor and like see what sparks. Um, I feel at home in a hotel room, so I'm probably not the right person to ask. Maybe give yourself a I cozy bed. P- p- getting some pictures framed, I think makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Getting some pictures printed nicely of your family, of you, whatever, your pet and putting them up, like putting some stuff on the walls. Yeah. I think is really, because it's not as much clutter. It's just kind of like something you see every day. Just little moments where you, or even like a little painting that brings you joy. Just mm-hmm. little moments, little droplets of joy. Mm-hmm. Favorite mug. A cozy place to sit, nice pillow. Mm-hmm. For God's sakes, get a TV. <laughs> Don't set up a meditation corner. That's just something white women do to make sure that they never meditate again. You can meditate anywhere. Mm. Kick it. Hi, Eliza. My name is Vincent. I was wondering. Hi, Vincent. What are your thoughts on Drag Race? Who are you rooting for? Who's oh. your favorite queen overall? What's been your favorite season? Look, this is a tough question to ask be- to answer because a lot of people don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. So I will say this. What I love, I hate questions. I hate, that's that's really strong. I dislike questions that are like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Favorite thing of all time? Because then I have to like recall all this information, sift it out and find a winner. This season. What I love about RuPaul's Drag Race, um, because it's permeated subculture into pop culture and it has just become our zeitgeist. I love seeing the artistry from these men um, you know, it's it's easy to be like, oh, they're just drag queens and there's just a dude in a dress and they just tell dick jokes. Some of these, they're on every season. There's your drag queens who are not very bright. There are your drag queens that are like good competitors, but like don't have a lot of heart and soul. And every once in a while you get these like true artists, comedic geniuses like Bianca Del Rio, uh, even Sherry Pie, who turned out to be like a crazy person. But like when you watch her compete, you're like, oh my God, this person gets it. They have a point of view and they're, polished a lot of the impersonators as well and these are very talented men who have put their talents into their own art form you know some of them are uh are brilliant singers or seamstresses some of the ideas like Sharon Needles um, or Sasha Velour the art that they create and this is stuff that they come up with by themselves you know, somebody says, you know, the category is snowball and then they do something so out of this world and you're like, I could never have conceived of that. So I'm always in awe of the artistry and how they've elevated this art form that was typically reserved for seedy bars and like boozy brunch hours. It's actually really incredible. Um, as a completely straight cisgender white woman, I really love seeing how they've brought the conversation of homosexuality, LGBTQ, drag, all of that to the forefront, you know, and they've made it accessible. And these people that are so afraid of drag and gay people, it's all because like there are straight dudes that are like, what about my butthole? Like no one's interested in your butthole. Um, They've made it accessible. And I like, you know, and women go and Men enjoy it. You don't, saying you don't have to be gay or be into drag to enjoy watching it. To me, that's what art's all about. You don't have to be this to appreciate what someone else has created. So I really think it's brilliant in that regard. 
I, I love watching it. I love watching what these people create as an artist. You know, I w- love watching the comedy and seeing how they do that. I love being in awe of the of of their creativity. Um, I typically don't figure out my favorites until like we're down to like top four. I will say that Gigi Gorgeous is a threat. I even sent her like a half in the bag message the other day. I was like, you're a fucking star. But this season, she is killing it. Mm-hmm. They're all doing a great job. But that one off the top of my head. Kick it. Beth in Chicago says, hi, Eliza. I am such a fan. I have tickets to see you here in Hold Chicago. On. I got to write this down. Beth, Chicago. <laughs> in November. Fan have. It'll be my third time. Yes. And I can't wait. Three. Wait. <laughs> my question is this. This. I work as a nurse practitioner. I've been doing this job for three years. Practitioner. Years. I am overly nice with everybody I interact with. I do know that there are plenty of doctors, physician assistants, and nurse practitioners who are not nice when interacting with nurses. I think that goes for anything. I've noticed lately that some people feel they can walk over me. Mm. And most recently, I tragically had orders that I had given ignored. After that heartbreaking experience, I kept thinking that this would have never happened to the more unfriendly slash unapproachable providers. I feel as if I am at a crossroad and I'm thinking about being stronger personality-wise. I hate to think of people calling me a bitch, but I don't know how else to handle the situation. I don't go to work to make friends and my top priority is my patients. Is it possible to maybe find a balance between being firm with my orders but still nice? No, unfortunately, it's either a bitch or you get your next step done. No, of course there is. Um, Of course there is. And by the way, no one should be calling you a bitch in a work environment, especially when people are dying because of corona all day, every day. People, you're, it sounds like your top priority is delivering excellent care and service. And it seems like you're naturally a nice person. So it really is going to come down to you teaching people how to treat you. As far as the orders, I don't know. I don't know how the hierarchy goes in terms of, or what you did or said. And by the way, we can all play Monday morning quarterback, Sunday morning, Monday morning quarterback, where you're like, had I said this, this wouldn't have happened. I don't know if that's true. You know, who knows when things are in the hands of God. Um, if someone's going to die or not, you know, and that's almost impossible to say. Uh, and nobody wants to see, have that pointed out. But I do think standing firm with what you want um, and treating the way you want to be treated. I don't subscribe to the people who are just like icy and like just get what they want. I don't like people like that. I like people who are nice. I don't know what overly nice means, but if you also don't want to go against the grain of who you naturally are. I've definitely been in situations where like I, like especially like around other comics who are usually just such weirdos and don't look you in the eye and don't acknowledge people when they walk in and you're like, oh, maybe that's the way to be and just act like I don't notice anyone when the truth is those people are the ones that are wrong. You want to treat people with kindness. You want to engage with people. You're a nurse. So you clearly like people. And those people that are awful, like the other bitchy nurses, like that could be they have a bad home life or they're tired or they don't have people skills. Don't diminish your bright light because you think that other people are getting better results. By the way, the nurses that are bitchy may not get half the stuff that you get. Maybe people don't want to do them favors. It's not about being liked or not liked or being called names. It's about delivering the service that you want on your terms and doing the best job that you can. And if somebody is rude to you, you let them know. You don't have to be mean about it. You should be like, hey, I'm just trying to have a respectful interaction with you, you know, like there's always, it's seldom personal. I'm sure everybody is just going nuts because of what we're going through. It's so hard to not think, take things, take things personally, but what you can control is what you put out Mm -hmm. and the way that you allow yourself to be treated. 
So I would let everything go and just start over tomorrow. And if somebody is rude to you, call them out on it. And she'd be like, hey, I'm just trying. And by the way, it's okay to make someone uncomfortable. If someone is rude and it's like, well, that's just how I am. You'd be like, great, this is how I am. And I'm giving you the respect of speaking to you this way. So I'd mm-hmm. love it if we can move forward. Some people just fucking suck and they think it's like cute. I I think that what, what you said about not going against who you are is important and that there is a way to, if you feel like something you've said that was really important is being ignored, I think it's it's within your character as someone who cares about your job to push that point further. So I think there are ways that you can, and, and moments where it is important to make sure someone is listening to you, make sure that they heard you, make sure that they are taking the appropriate action. And it can feel like nagging sometimes. And you're like, oh, I don't, so sorry to bother you. I don't want to, but you you have to do it if that's what you have to do, if no also, one's listening to you. don't apologize. Right. Uh, people love, especially like you'll see this with like, there's always going to be those women where it's like, I got an attitude and you're like, cool. That's cool yeah. that you're just like a monster all the time. Um, Wait, what did you just say that made me think that? Mm. Oh yeah, the apologize. Don't come from a position of like, I'm less than and I just want to, mm-hmm. because especially to someone that's your subordinate, then they will view you as less than. So there is no, I'm sorry to bother you. Hey, tiptoeing around. No. Mm-hmm. Hi, here's what I need. Hi, I'm asking you a question. Hi, I'm right. getting a coffee. Do you want one? Don't ever present yourself for any reason. Sometimes we diminish our own light because we feel guilty about something or we think that person views us a certain way. You be you, you be confident. If it rubs someone the wrong way, that's on them. Mm -hmm. And it will come out that it's on them when they're rude to you. Be like, hey, did I do something to bother you? And they'll be like, no, it turns out I'm just threatened by your beauty. Let them be, you just be you. You just focus on being you, standing up for yourself, you know, when appropriate. You don't have to fight every battle. Mm-hmm. But, but you act with integrity and you be the happy, nice, shining ball of light that all the all the rest of the people like. Don't let a couple of shitty nurses spoil it. Get out there and put this face mask on. Elizabeth says, my boyfriend and I have been dating for three years and moved in together in the beginning of March, right before the country started locking down. A lot of people in my life have been making jokes about this being a true test of us living together. And it is super annoying because we've actually been having a hilarious and fantastic time learning to live together while also being quarantined. But this is surprisingly not a question seeking advice on how to tell those people to fuck off and mind their business. I think I can handle that. Instead, I was curious if you had any fun ideas for jokes or pranks I can pull on my boyfriend while we're quarantined. Nothing too dickish, just something we can both crack up about after. The other day, I hid for a while and jumped out and scared him and we both laughed. But that's honestly about as unoriginal as it gets and I want to step my game up. (laughs) I had for for two days. I I didn't feel well. Love the idea. You want a great prank? Someone hiding in their own house for hours. Because you know when you do it as a kid and you're just like, when's someone gonna come looking for like within five minutes, you're like, why isn't anyone looking for me yet? Like when you run away. Because he can't leave, so he's probably like, Well, it's been a commercial break. Wonder where she went. Uh here's a great prank. (laughs) Invite all your friends over and yell surprise and have no one wear a face mask. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, I'm not a big prank puller, so I don't really I, think, I, mean, I just think it's so funny. You can always you put hit. like a rubber snake in the bed. I don't know. That's My mind tends to go to like horrible things like pick up the phone and just next time your phone, we just pick it up. And if he's listening, just go, wait, well, what hospital is she in? No. Like, just kidding. No. I don't know. I don't play pranks on people. Okay. There was, um, 
There was a, a Reddit post the other day called like, am I the asshole that I read where someone was like, yeah, so I told my brother that my mom made me get an abortion. And I called him crying and sobbing and he consoled me for an hour. Then I told him, ha ha, just joking. That never happened. And now he's mad at me and I don't understand an why. Hour? Yes. You're a fucking sociopath. Exactly. Hour. <laughs> exactly. I was like, who, how do you have an hour to oh, commit to Oh, you know what you that? could do? You know what you could oh, do? God, what did this inspire? Well, you could just get a pregnancy test. And just when he walks in, just be staring at it. And he's like, what is it? Be like, I can't show it to you. And then you should write on the P part that has like the little line or no line. Just write, gotcha. Uh Yeah. (laughs) I bet that there are joke pregnancy tests. But don't get the kind. There are joke ones where they like show up as pregnant every time. (laughs) No, it usually show up as like, congratulations, it's a snake. (laughs) Kick it. There you go. Uh, Okay. You want to know my true advice? Careful with the pranks because one will get out of hand and then someone's going to get their fifis hurt and then you're going to be stuck with that person. Kick it. Fair. Fair. Okay. Dear Eliza, Tian Fu, and Smokey Man. What about Scott and Emily? Or just us. Fine. Screw you guys. <laughs> Normally, me and my husband get along really great. I'm working from home until September. I'm a teacher and he works for our city's transit system. Shout out to the MTA. And he's working one week on, one week off. Not his normal schedule. Everyone is on a new COVID schedule in transit until the pandemic starts improving. As I said, normally we get along really well, but lately on his weeks off, we fight and have spats. Nothing relationship shattering, but it would be cool to not keep arguing over stupid stuff on the regular. Just so you don't have to read between the lines here, I'll be honest, I'm definitely a little resentful because he gets to leave the house. I have an autoimmune disease and I'm on immunosuppressants. I don't go anywhere except to drive by myself to be safe. And when he's home, he's home and not working. Thanks for the laughs every time I needed one. You and your comedy have gotten me through some dark times, so thank you truly for everything. Stay safe out there. With love and greatest admiration, A.D. You know what I thought she was going to say? Just so you don't have to read between the lines, I'll be honest, I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a monster bitch. Um, I don't know. I think you said it yourself. You're resentful that he gets to go out, but he's not going out to party. He's going out to work. I don't know. I mean, and and I totally get why it sucks. Like working from home, it kind of feels like all times are work times. Like the delineation between like work and fun is less clear. And so to see him like go out, do his thing, come home and then just be totally relaxed while you're just like trying to make kids do their internet school, I'm sure is maddening. Yeah. I mean, I also, maybe like you could carve out like times where it's like, all right, pencils down, thumbs up, seven up, everyone. Now we watch TV, we have dinner. I think it's very normal to have little spats, but I think you need to talk it out with him and you need to get over the fact that he's allowed to leave. Because by the way, even if you were allowed to leave, you wouldn't leave because you have an autoimmune disease. So it isn't as if like he's living it up and like, God, if I just didn't have this job, um, be nice if he brought you flowers. I always tell Smokey, I'm like, remember, I need presents. So... Yeah, it's and I think it's absolutely natural to be fighting more during all of this. Well, Everybody is on edge. Everybody yeah. is stressed out. Nobody knows what's happening. So as long as you're you're kind of getting through these fights, I think you're okay. You're allowed to be frustrated. We're all frustrated. And I find myself getting very frustrated even quietly. But then I just, I'm like, he's not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So give yourself a little bit of grace here. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Rachel, who says, not anon. I know you wanted a better answer, but like, you're (laughs) You're a teacher, you have an autoimmune disease, he works for the city. Like, I feel uncomfortable being like, here's what you should do. Like, you guys are doing God's work. (laughs) So, just do whatever you got to do. Hopefully it helps to know that 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 sounds 
pretty natural. Like, I don't think you really have anything to worry about. I'm sure it's frustrating, but but you don't need to be concerned. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. You're just frustrated. You're, and I'm giving you permission to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Take it out on those kids. <laughs> Rachel says, not anon, boo on anonymous. Hi, Eliza. You've been an amazing inspiration to me and made me laugh regardless Thank of you. what kind of day I've had. Finally, someone. Hi, Smokey Husky, Emily, Tofu, and Blanche, if you're listening. Such an Aww. amazing group of support. My question is... Does she think Blanche is alive? No, she I think might. she means if you're listening oh, from... Right. From heaven? From heaven. What were you going to say? <laughs> from heaven. Dog heaven. My question is, yeah. have you heard of the five love languages? Acts yeah. of service, physical touch, gifts, quality time, and words of affirmation. Which would you say communicates your love to someone else? Is it the same as how you receive love? Okay, wait. What are they? Okay, it is... Have you taken this quiz? No, but I'm not an idiot. I know okay. which ones they are. Acts of service. But I've met me. Okay, acts of service. What, like blowjobs? I mean, like taking out the is, trash for you. Not me. Okay. Physical touch. No, not me. Gifts. Quality time. Oh, my pen ran out of ink. Okay. And words of affirmation. So the questions are: What do you do to communicate your love to someone else? What do you prefer? What do you prefer to receive? And what do you think uh, Smokey Huskies is? I need all of them. I need all five of them. I don't need the physical touch as much. I'm just. But what's never. like the one that you like the best? I like presents. Who doesn't like you gifts? like? Okay. Who would rather like diamond necklace or a good job champ? Of course, I want a diamond necklace. Acts of service, and that's just house maintenance. Physical that's just touch. Me. Uh, what? That's just me. That's just you. Gifts, quality time. I mean. I think you tend to be a gift giver. I like giving gifts, but I know that quality time with me is a gift. I don't think physical contact is appropriate with many, with most people. Um, words of affirmation. I think I give that to fans. I think fans like hearing nice things. I think it's like, I like to, I think I'm good with speaking with people. So I think to show people I love them, words of affirmation and gifts. I love giving gifts. Mm-hmm. I love getting gifts. Mm-hmm. The physical touch one, I find myself a pat note. Like I kind of just reach out naturally to know. But like that's, I don't know. I don't, why am I answering this? This feels very intimate. But I do like, you know what? I do find presents are, because to me, that's a sign that like someone was thinking of you. You spend money on them. It's personal. By that same token, I get enraged at a bad gift. <laughs> so... But I like giving gifts. I'm, I was giving a gift right before this. You're um, hard to shop for because fans get you well, also, everything. Mm, I don't actually, I like gifts from fans just because it's the exchange of love and they're also personal from the act. Mm-hmm. But in my personal life, I don't ever, like I love getting flowers if I get, you know, if I, if I sell a TV show or something or, you know, something premieres, That's I right, like an, that. An acknowledgement. But like, I don't, I res- I understand that like I make a lot more money than a lot of the people in my life, so I never want them to feel like I need an amazing gift. A mm-hmm. beautifully written card is okay, you know, a flower. I, it's not about the substance of the gift, and it's more like that people took the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quality time. It depends on the person, mm. you know. What do you think Smokey's is? I don't know. He owns like a T-shirt and eats like. Vegetables. I think he likes quality time. I think he likes quality time. And I find that he, it's actually very cute. I'm not, I've never been the kind of person like, I just need to be alone. But like, especially in this quarantine, but he is such like a love bug. And 
Like, I'm like, I'm going to go for a run. He's like, okay, let me get my things. And I'm like, I want to watch TV. He's like, what are we watching? And like, not in an annoying way, just yeah. in a like, well, here I am to be with you. Like, he just wants to be with me, which yeah. is very sweet. So I never, I'm like, just go away. Um, it's just very cute. Yeah. I'll go to like take a nap. He's like, okay, I'm going to come lay down with you. <laughs> so it's very sweet that he is like, um, so that's it. I like them all. I like all okay. kinds of presents and nice words and nice things. I typically tend to not need words of affirmation. I need them from people I don't know. Like I need like someone to write an article and be like, she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I tend to not need the encouragement because it's already so built into who I am. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing a great job. I'm like, I fucking know. Now give me that show. All right. It's time. It's time for everybody's tastiest moment. This the talk with a cop. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. Uh, this is kind of a sad top of the cob, but I found since, and I like doing this before the lockdown. The lockdown. Um, a little moment of light in my day and sort of a moment of reflection. I go on Instagram to where you can create. Uh, if you go into your stories, some most people probably know this, but I'll tell you just in case you go. Go into your, go into your little camera like you're going to create a story. And at the, hold on, there you go. And you can, you see at the bottom, it's like normal, boomerang, create, layout, super zoom. If you go to uh, create and then you swipe across, there's a little, uh, looks like a little t- clock and it gives you, it's like a little time jumper and you can see where you were a year ago um, or five years ago or six years ago. And it just gives you random things. And so I went through it today and there's like a picture of Blanche next to a bunch of cards on a bed from a a bunch of fans after a show, uh, a bunch of, it's a lot of me looking at different gifts from fans. Um, and it's just weird to see, you know, two years ago, the different house, six years ago, who you became friends with. Here's me doing a set at the improv three years ago. Here's Blanche, uh, sitting on a couch. This is one year ago. She's sitting next to a bag that says, don't worry, eat happy, and a Roland Hornet shirt. I think somebody in a roller derby gave us a T-shirt. It doesn't show you the full caption, which sucks. Somebody gave us the shirt that says, House of Schlesinger, Mother of Blanche. Mm. That was a year ago. So uh, here's a, it's actually sitting right here in my office. Somebody gave me a frame certificate for an adopted sea turtle, a bag that says, uh, this is actually perfect, don't be a bottom of the cob, uh, and a T-shirt. And that's actually sitting right here. I use it to hold fan letters. Um, so it's nice to take that little walk back. Remember what it was like to have a life, Blanche, you know, your friends, stuff like that. So I enjoy those little moments of, so do, I suggest you do that for yourself and they do it every day and it's new memories every day. That's my top of the cob. My top of the cob is. A little window into the past. <laughs> is Bark's root beer. I saw that on your Instagram. I found some at Ralph's. That's been my top of the cob, I think. It probably has. It's I found delicious. some at Ralph's. God, normally I hate your top of the cobs. You're like, no, there's one actress who it's died. It's hard to find. <laughs> who died. It's hard to find. They don't always have it. You never know. And I found a, a case and I've been trying to ration it, but I had a, I had a hard day the other day and I drank two. Denise Richards put out a tape in 1991. <laughs> you know I'm reading her autobiography right now. I don't care. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't care. But I, I just started it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll finish it relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, Barks root beer. Barks is a superior root beer. Yes. They say Barks has bite and they are right. And I don't know why more root beers aren't 
as bitey as Bart's. All of them are creamy and I'm not interested. Thank you. Finally, A&W, something- A&W, no. Mugs, no. Mugs, no. Virgil, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because it's a little biteier. Yeah. Totally. And I wonder if sarsaparilla is a little bit biteier. Maybe. But yeah, a creamy root beer. It's like, just have a cream soda and be a fucking And I don't like cream soda. No, no, no. no. Uh, I agree. Bark's root beer is delicious. Bottom. It's a similar reason I like Dr. Pepper. A little bit of bite. I don't like Dr. Pepper. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bottom of the cob. Um, um, Where is this? Oh, okay. Well, okay. I had two. Uh, Okay. I'll just do the one. (laughs) My bottom of the cob is, it's up there. There's other forms of this bottom of the cob. Like when you're out of town, someone's like, hey, how's New York? And you're like, how do I answer that? Do you want a fiscal report? Do you want a mental report? Uh, How's your quarantine? And I've started like with Zoom calls. Like I have meetings with people like, how's your quarantine going? And I've been like thriving, thriving, crushing and killing it. The how's your quarantine? It's like, look, barring out anyone being in the hospital, like we're all kind of doing the same. You know, some people are doing horribly. I Because people are doing horribly, I don't really feel like being like, well, some days are good, some days are bad. Also, it's such a complex answer. And the answer is probably, it's fine. Yeah, don't ask, how's your quarantine? It's such a dickish, open-ended, don't really care, don't feel like saying hi, so I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere between hello and a genuine inquiry. Yeah. If there's And by the way, there's no answer I'm going to give that you're going to care about other than like, I've just been admitted to a hospital. So don't ask me that. Right. Someone just asked me that. <laughs> like on text just now. Oh. And I was like, get fucked, Sue. <laughs> my, my bottom of the cob is... I thought my roommate, not my roommate, my neighbor was moving out. My neighbor that I hate the most of all my neighbors. The dude? The dude. There was stuff. People were going in and out of his apartment that worked for the building. Oh my God. There was like a vacuum and a bag of trash right outside his front door. Did he He die? wasn't there. I hoped that. No. <sighs> he came home and then, and for like two days he was not home. But then he came home and then the next day he started hammering nails into the wall. So I was like, if you're hanging something up on the wall, you're obviously not leaving. What and I it? saw him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there was like a leak or something, something that they had to come died. fix. Something happened in there, but he still lives there. Ugh. I really was sitting there texting my dad like, I hope he's dead. And then I was like, never mind. He's he's hammering nails in. I don't think dead people do that. Let's start a GoFundMe to supplement your income so that you can, move, can move to move a somewhere less, else. I think you'll just find an equally shitty place and be like, I need to stay here. I think you do it on purpose. No, I look yes. at apartments constantly. No. Yes, I do. You could rent a guest house from someone and it'd be fine. No. What could an apartment cost? Eight grand a month? Nine grand a month? <laughs> Buy your brother a frozen frozen banana. What could it possibly cost? A hundred dollars? What is that from from 30 Rock where he's like, what's a gallon of milk? $50. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That's our episode of Ask Eliza Anything. We are here for you every week through the quarantine, out of the quarantine. I feel like we're almost through it, folks. I feel like it's starting to taper off. Uh, we appreciate your questions. I hope you had fun. Take it. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. 
Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. I was hours into a hunt for new digs at the local shopping mall and losing steam fast when fate intervened. Drumsticks, get your drumsticks. Nutty sweet drumstick. What luck. One drumstick, please. Here you go. This is hot and made of chicken. I want an ice-cold, creamy, crunchy drumstick sundae cone. You and me both, buddy. Well, that's the vendor next door. Drumsticks. But that line is three miles long. Oh, well. Another day, another drumstick. 